Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... It's there. So you can't say, oh, I didn't know it wasn't there. Like it's there. There's no agendas in anything that we're doing in terms of trying to get you to buy a certain type of car for your family or go on a holiday here. It is literally just we're going to the people who are doing the research and are in clinic. What do you know? What are you learning? Let's get that to parents. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 423 of Impact Boom. My name's Sarah, and I'm passionate about visioning, empowering, and contributing to positive, creative, regenerative, heart and soul-led transformation locally and globally. And today we are speaking with Sam Jockel. Sam Jockel started out as a social worker working for many years in schools. And in 2010, after having her first child, she started the Facebook page, Aldi Mum, which grew from nothing to over 170,000 followers. And then in 2012, she co-founded social media agency, Good Funny Smart, and established another online community, called School Mum, which is growing to over 460,000 followers. In 2017, she ventured into the tech startup world and launched Parent TV, an online video streaming platform personalising parenting advice from the world's leading research-based parenting experts direct to parents via any digital device. And having been married to an elementary school teacher herself, Sam also became aware that parents are showing up to schools and childcare centres asking for parenting help. And when those institutions that exist to educate children are not always equipped to help the parents with what they're asking for, they service those spaces as well. Supporting parents online and ensuring access to great information to make the world a better place is what Sam is all about. Sam, thank you so much for being with us today. No worries. Always glad to be here and have a chat. That's awesome. Could you please start off by sharing a bit about your background and what it is that's led you to where you are right now? Oh my goodness. I feel like this could be like a two-hour story in and of itself. I guess after school, I actually studied a double degree in human services, which is like a mix of social work and community development and theology, which is really random in and of itself, and worked in the youth working community development space just for a short period of time before getting married and actually had my first child at 24. And then I was at home, I have a very active brain. And I just say I went from doing community development offline to online. And that's when actually Facebook was starting and ended up at home building some communities online actually in the really early days which grew to about 650,000 parents and did that for about seven years that's a long story there but I won't get into that because that will take a long time 
after about seven years, I realized that there was just some issues with the fact that I was working as like an influencer blogger and I couldn't, I started out trying to help people and ended up selling them Milo and two minute noodles. And that wasn't really the plan for my life. So I actually just stopped doing it one day, which was a pretty big deal at the time, all things considered, but my soul was slowly being destroyed one promoted post at a time. Uh, that's when I sat with myself and I'm like, what do I know and what next? And that was where Parent TV was birthed about six years ago and really just came out of knowing that parents were going online asking for help. I was witness to that for a long time, but also knowing it was a choose your own adventure that you never knew what you were going to get, that there were echo chambers everywhere, people just going and asking questions and getting answers from people who maybe didn't even know them and their situation. And what I knew was that since we had the internet to be the place and space that we went to get our information, things have actually gotten worse, not better in terms of our mental health. And so I had a vision of creating a brand, which is now Parent TV, that became known for being a trusted and credible voice in the world of parenting. We have no sponsorship, no advertising, nothing, no product placements. We are a subscription service. And what we guarantee people is like research-based experts. And we are video streaming and most of our videos go for five minutes. So we are short, sharp and to the point. We work with psychologists, psychiatrists, pediatricians, occupational therapists, you name it. Our customers are actually schools, childcare centers, organizations, libraries, people that support parents. And we've really become a tool for them to use in the support of the parents within their network because parents sometimes go to those places, but they're not actually geared for that social, emotional, mental health support. They're often there to educate our kids. So we attempt to stand in the gap as a trusted partner of education and information. And you mentioned that within working in these gaps I suppose this is maybe something we've talked about offline is through that you've become an advocate for young people and those that care for them what are the key systemic barriers that you've identified and that you're passionate about changing and what else is possible in this space yeah I think the thing that I've really seeing more and more with the work that I've been doing over the last six years and my husband's also a primary school teacher, so I guess I get insights from him into the school, like in the state school education system, and he's in a pretty low socioeconomic area. There's a lot going on. Is that with the world that we live in, with all the demands that we have on us, with how things are structured, I really feel like nobody is protecting the kids. And we're all just pointing at each other saying, that's your responsibility. No, that's your responsibility. And no one is stepping in and stepping up in a way that kids really need for them to be okay. I do believe that part of that, and I know because I come from a double working full-time household, when you have children and there's full-time workers going on everywhere. One of the things that I've learned the most, which I wish I knew when my kids were younger, because I do actually see the impact on them, was that kids need a level of attention to grow in the best possible way from their primary caregivers. There's research studies on it, and this is what we're finding more and more. And I think there's two things happening at the same time. One is 
the cost of living going up so much, people having to work the amount they have to work to be able to survive, coupled with the introduction of technology and how easily accessible that is to us and how addictive it is. I admit that even for me. And those two things are distracting us often as parents from giving the level of attention that is actually needed for children to grow with the sense of worth that they need inherently. And we're seeing it play out in those older years. We're seeing a massive increase in mental health issues. One of the things that I've learned the most is that what we give our attention to is what we actually communicate has worth. And I know that through my own personal journey of figuring out why I was giving my attention to certain things outside of myself and not my children for as long as I did. And I always thought, why is it that it's so hard for me to play with my kids? Why am I trying to get away from them, not to them? Like, and that was the script that I inherited, generational trauma, <laughs> from my family for good reason. Like my parents, my dad, mum died really young and was left to fend for himself. And his survival was based on, from a very young age, his ability to be a useful working person. And so he trained us that to stay alive and do well, you've got to know how to work. And when I have kids, I found it really challenging because my worth was not in being a mother and looking after them and giving them my attention. It was actually in my work. And that was what was reflecting back to me. Actually, neither one of those things should be true. It should inherently just be that we have it. But what we don't realise we're passing on and what we don't realise is happening through what we're giving our attention to is something so deeply impactful for us as the adults and what happened to us, but also what we're passing on to our children without actually realizing that's what's going on. Technology is amplifying that in a way that we've never seen. So there's a lot of us on the sidelines freaking out that we're literally like creating a generation of children with attachment issues. And we're seeing that play out a little bit because Children just need something from us that we are not giving them. And we're seeing that through what is happening for them as they're growing. Mm. That's pretty confronting, but really important to talk about. And I'm really curious, are there any leaders in the space who are like yourself lighting a new way forward? And what are some of those ways that they're doing that or things they're suggesting that are making a difference? Yeah, they absolutely are. So the awareness of this is definitely on the rise. If you somehow get in the algorithms on Instagram <laughs> with the right people, like the holistic psychologist. And in Australia, there's someone I follow and I'm friends with who's doing work with us called Lael Stone, who I feel like is really leading the way. She's actually got a school in Melbourne that they created called Woodlands Primary, I believe, or Wood something. And it's one of the first social and emotional support as schools for children. And there's a whole heap of very extraordinary things going on there. I do want to say with all of this, like, I feel like it's important to understand, like, as I say all of this stuff, this isn't a judgment on parents because I have three kids that are 15, 13 and nine. And I've had to face the reality of this years after I was educated about some of this stuff and then had to work to try and 
I guess, rewrite my nervous system and the nervous system of my kids. And this stuff, it's as much like a journey of us as the adults, like healing the pains of our own childhood and really reflecting on what happened to us and not with the intent to blame or shame anybody, but just to be for ourselves, what often adults weren't for us that we really needed. Because once you understand how to do that for yourself as the adult, then it comes naturally and you understand how to do that for your child. But if no one ever did that for you, you don't even know what that looks like. You don't even know what you're not doing. Like you've totally don't even have the script. And so part of the work is actually for adults. And that's hard work. It's painful work. It's work that we've all created a lot of stories to try and not want to face start because it's painful stuff but as we all continue to live in denial or use phones to distract ourselves or just work 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 and we don't see each other and we don't pay attention like particularly our children are getting most affected by that and phones not our children's phone use but us as the adults phone use is actually if we only knew i was talking to someone about it yesterday actually a professor from qt who like workers in um, neuroplasticity and neuroscience in this very area we're talking about phones asbestos was there and everyone's building with it and then they realized like 40 years later that actually it was killing us and then we had cigarettes which were the next best thing and everyone was smoking and like phones are the asbestos and the cigarettes of and it's not just oh this is giving me cancer because of radiation no it's actually doing something totally different in terms of how it's rewiring our brain our relationship to ourselves, our kids our ability to give things proper attention it is killing us but we're not seeing it at the levels that we need to see it yet for people to take it as seriously as we need to unfortunately smoking is a good example of how bad does it need to get before we start to do something about that. And our history would tell us pretty bad. And that's the direction that we're heading in. Yeah, what's the saying? Humans seldom learn gently. No. And I'm like, the information's there, the education's there, but the challenge is once you're accountable to yourself, really, and you can't say, I didn't know it's not my fault. I didn't know it's not my fault. There's only so far you can take that as an adult i'm just not that person i was just the person that's like i want to (laughs) know i want to know because i need to protect my kids because i had them i'm responsible for them it's my job as their mom i need to find out that's my work to do yeah and this on parent tv which is a huge platform you've created which is global now and which is a database of parenting information so as a conscious business owner we've created this as the tool for parents if they want to find out it's there so you can't say oh i didn't know it wasn't there like it's there there's no agendas in anything that we're doing in terms of trying to get you to buy a certain type of car for your family or go on a holiday here it is literally just we're going to the people who are doing the research and uh in clinic what do you know what are you learning let's get that to parents as quickly and easily as possible because we do have the information and we do know it's just about what people want to give their attention to like i wish 
this got more attention than it did. Imagine if we were giving the attention that we give to things like TikTok or Instagram Reels to this stuff as well. What would that mean for us? I'm pretty obsessed at the moment with this whole attention thing. And I, it keeps me accountable even with my kids. I'm like, what have I done today to show my kids what has worth and value? Have I just sat on my phone all day? Or have I played soccer in the backyard for half an hour with my son, which says you've got my attention because you are worthwhile. That is what it is. That is what we are doing. Actually, this is a bit crazy, Sarah, but the lady I was speaking to yesterday, Professor Selena from QT was saying, this is a bit disturbing, but they're starting to see babies who are smiling when they see phones because they've picked up on when mum or dad or whoever has a phone and taking a selfie and they smile. That's something that you do when you see a phone, you smile. So they're picking up those cues and banking that in their brains. And I know if people were to hear this stuff, that's like a real thing that's happening that babies under one are seeing phones and having an automatic smile reaction to a phone due to witnessing over and over again because this is how their brains are developing smiling when phones are in our hand children are getting indents on their fingers in their bones from holding phones talk about evolution and like body we're starting to develop an indent in a certain part of our finger that is like a result of how phones get held Thanks for sharing that, Sam. I think it's really important that people understand these ripples of impact that um, seemingly incidental tech use is having at micro and macro scale. Yeah. And just particularly for babies, like in that first thousand days, if there's any parents out there listening to this and your children and you have babies, what happens in those first thousand days of life is you are literally creating the script and bedrock of, I wish I knew as much as I knew. Fortunately, phones probably weren't quite what it is now. I see my youngest child more impacted than my eldest. My phone usage was probably way more than I wished it was. By the time I had him, there's seven years between the two, I can see it. I can see it in their ability to self-regulate. I can see it in the skills that they have. I can see it in how they respond. There's just a slight difference in my husband and I were aware of it. Like we are having to, at the moment, work with him a lot more consciously to repair some of what we did completely unknowingly, but now we know. And so. The other side of all of the neuroplasticity neuroscience is that it's never too late that I have done my own personal work on this stuff at 40. So it's not that you go, oh, I stuffed that up and aren't I just a bad person and you just go into shame and like, no, you don't need to, or the tech company's fault. Like neither one of those responses gets an outcome. It's just this happened. I didn't know. What do you do next? There's actually lots we could do next. With our son at the moment, like he definitely would have a bit more of a kind of ADD vibe going on at school and his ability to hold attention. And so we're having to just be like, okay, we know why this is the case. What are we as his parents doing? We have to put down our phones and stop watching the Netflix series and get out in the backyard with him and play soccer every afternoon for an hour or we have to engage 
and not go, this is annoying and too hard and you're being difficult and I don't like how I feel and this is too hard work. Like we have to get out of our own way and be for him. And you can retrain the brain and rewire the system, but you have to actually do the work. It's like going to the gym, right? You're not going to get buff and you're not going to get all the things. Absolutely. Thank you for stressing that, like how malleable the brain really is and how much potential we really all do have. We have it. Because absolutely it's there and it's available. And as you said, it's just learning, okay, that happened. And now what can I create? Like what can I do differently? And there's a whole plethora of incredible examples, wisdom, knowledge, pathways, activities, examples of what people can do. And on that, I'm curious from your perspective, what are some inspiring projects or initiatives that you've come across that you feel is creating really positive change? Generally, for me, anything that encourages, like... If anything, it's the going backwards, not going forwards that I get excited about. And by that, I just mean seeing the kids on my street playing together in the front yard, unencumbered without adults, or it's kids playing sport. I mean, for me, the Matilda stuff was like just a moment in time for so many different reasons. But those things I feel excited about in terms of how our kids are seeing things they haven't seen. Oh, certainly our daughters. I watched the final with my 15-year-old and 13-year-old daughters. And for her to say, Mum, I really like watching sport when it's girls. Like we haven't really done that before because it hasn't, because it hasn't been, you know, and wow, they're so pretty and they're really good at sport. I'm seeing that both of those things are possible at the same time, or I can still care about wanting to look nice, but I can also be a gangster sports person. But They haven't seen, like, if people only knew, if they sat and listened to these kids and what they had to say, and that's the attention time really being present, like, they're telling us, now my 13-year-old daughter's like, I want to play soccer in six aside for the end of the year. And we're like, all right, let's look into that. That's real life, in-person connection. That is team sport. That is looking at faces. That's paying attention to people. That is not a phone. That is all of the skills that we need to learn about how to be with each other. Stuff like that, for me, it's just getting back to the simple stuff, like just accidental interactions, but being really conscious of that as parents. So just working really hard about thinking about ways that you can connect your kids into community is It doesn't have to be big and bold. I talk about this because people are often looking for solutions, but one of the biggest things that I did once I realized, and it did partly come from research, but I've seen the impact of it was, and this is just on attachment relationships and stuff with my kids, but when my oldest daughter started high school, one of the things that I do is I take them to breakfast. I actually take them once a fortnight, but because I have two girls in high school, like one goes one week and one goes the next week. So essentially I do something once a week, but once a fortnight is still enough. And we just go have breakfast in the morning before school. Cause I could fit that into my work schedule. Like we get up at 5.36 and I just let them order whatever. And we just talk about nothing. I have no agenda. It's just once a fortnight, we do this on the same day at the same time. 
she's now at the end of grade 10. Like I know deep down, I can feel it in my bones that just that, that my kids jump out of bed that morning. Like it isn't, oh no, I have to get out of bed like early. It is, hey, remember it's this tomorrow. It has become the thing that has repaired. And there is some research to this actual strategy. I call it a strategy, but to developing connection where you repetitively do the same thing and say, this is your time and nothing gets in the way of this. No work commitments, no other person, but you actually have to commit as a parent. Like you cannot not show up. You start not showing up and prioritizing that when you said you would, and you pretty much undo everything that you just did. So I'm like three years in and that hour taught us how to be with each other and talk to each other outside of that hour. Mm. But it's so simple. It's one hour a fortnight. And I just say to parents, if you feel like the connection's not there or you're freaking out that you weren't for your children what you wanted to be or what you learned you maybe should have been because you didn't know better, which was me, like no fingers pointing at anyone else, something as simple as one hour a week is actually enough. The solutions are not complex. Sam, to finish off, what are some books or resources that you would recommend to our listeners? Yeah, people probably know Brene Brown. So anything of hers, I'm always a big fan of. I'm just looking at the moment on my phone because I want to get the proper name of this. But Madonna King actually just yesterday released her latest book called saving our kids there are a lot of people who are very concerned about the lack of support and protection we are giving our kids like it's i don't want to be one of those crazy like alert alarm alarm but i am like alert alert alarm our kids are not okay so that's saving our kids book from madonna king i would just say pick that book up and read it a lot of it does have to do with technology. There's been a 300% increase in the last six months in sextortion of our children. And 3% of parents believe it's an issue and are talking to their kids about it. They've got the data to say, this is happening to your children at this rate. And 3% of you are actually taking action to support and protect your children. Because we talk about the internet and their phones, think of it like a place, it's like a place. And would you go and drop your child into the valley at 2 a.m. in the morning, drive back to your house and say, find your own way home? What do you think could happen to them? If we're giving phones to our kids, it's like we're dropping them in the valley at 2 a.m. in the morning because it is full of predators. And so parents, it's like, you wouldn't do that. Why? It's so much work. Like I know I do this with my kids and it is consistent. It is everyday battles. It is not one and done. There is no one and done when it comes to technology. It is continuously checking in, continuously having the conversation, continuously like putting up the boundaries and the guardrails and it is effort upon effort upon effort. But if we don't do that, like, well, we're not doing that and we're seeing the numbers are off the charts. So saving our kids and just looking into all of that stuff is we're all starting to get pretty worried. The messages are coming hard and fast because we're actually like, we need to protect the kids. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) No worries. I really appreciate it. It's vital information and 
timely slash mm. too late and yeah, yeah. Please- parent tv exists for this right so that's one place you can start there's a, everything you could ever want to know about anything is on parent tv we are a subscription service at the base rate it's ten dollars a month you could literally pay ten dollars and spend a month watching everything you need to watch and unsubscribe like i don't even care we're just at the point of like we need to get this information and the reason why we have to be subscription is because we have to fund what we do and if we were free then we would have to go down to advertising and sponsorship and all of that and then that would essentially ruin the whole entire point of what it is that we're trying to do which is give information that is not compromised with agendas outside of just what's going on Absolutely. And full respect to you and the team at Parent TV and really appreciate you coming on to speak with us today. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. I feel like it's all very doom and gloomy. It's not. There's actually freedom on the other side. I mean, you know, I'm like, oh, if people only knew the freedom, the relationship with your kids, the connection to just owning your stuff and taking responsibility. And yes, it's work, but something happens that's really beautiful, magical and amazing too. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.